0: Dicky Chebel is a nature conservationist based in South Africa. His life is dedicated to the marine world and to preserving our beautiful nature. With the income generated through Echo Tours and his work with Discovery Channel, he funds his conservation center that he runs with his dad. Dicky, welcome to my podcast. Let's start from the very beginning.
1: So I've been very lucky to grow up in a very small town, a, a town called Gansbai. It is as close to the most southern tip of the African continent that you can get. And that is where I grew up. And My father, he has a company that basically does nature conservation as well as we have an ecotourism company that takes people out. And then we use that to fund our conservation business. And that has been basically my baseline, starting from school, starting from that type of background, in order to now being a full-time nature conservationist. That is what I do now. So if you've got a sick penguin, bird, seal, animal, whale, shark, doesn't matter. I'm the dude you call and then... I'm lucky enough to be the guy that you call and then I come and get them. So you're lucky, but you're
0: also good. You must be good at that because it's not for, you know, not anybody who you know could start in that. Okay, let me get into the water and save a shark.
1: For sure. For sure. It's not a lie it's not a job it's a lifestyle like dude this is literally this is my life it, it it's kind of what i do and on the sidelines i shoot documentaries because with what i've learned from doing this for say 28 29 years now i shoot documentaries for blue planet and for Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, National Geographic. And now I do that, but it all stems from the conservation that we're doing right now
0: it's good that you mentioned the filmmaking because the way that we got to know each other is through a common friend who is in the film industry. And I used to work with her on, on the um, couple of uh, seasons of black sales and uh, she was our local person for accommodation. So we had a blast. And then, and she said, Oh, you should interview the key. does a great job. And it's uh, it's also in film and it does nature. So that's how, we're actually talking today and, you know, the reason of the podcast is to show people who are, you know, either young, uh, fresh out of school or old or older that would like to change career to show a way, you know, a different profession, a different way of, of living and a choice of life, like you said, um, that could be maybe speaking.
1: I didn't go for the con- conventional looking for a normal job. I was never meant to really work at a bank. If this was a video, if this was a video podcast, I would show you that my arms and my eyes and my hands are full of holes from the animals that I save <laughs> on, a, on a regular basis. But dude, I am so lucky to be able to do it. You know, I, uh, I feel very, very privileged, but also I really do work, full time. Yes, there's a trend on TikTok going on around. I I don't have TikTok. I have Instagram, but there's a trend going around saying that I decided to start my own business because I didn't want to work a 9 to 5. So now I work 24 (laughs) seven. That is pretty much (laughs) what happened. What yes, happened? you got to
0: be careful what you wish for, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Be careful what you wish for. But I, I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do, you know. So what we do is we've got a penguin sanctuary. We've got a great white shark research facility. So we tag and track great white sharks. Um, we have a whale disentanglement unit. In South Africa, there's a lot of crayfish pods being set up on a commercial level and they entangle a lot of whales so we've got a unit that goes to disentangle the whales. The penguins are critically in danger because of overfishing and guano harvesting. And then we also tag and track great white sharks in the area. There's a couple of more things that we do but that is mainly it's enough to keep me busy on the day to day like
0: Who pays you to go and disentangle? Like you said that you're you're feeding basically this passion through tourism, right?
1: I get paid by, luckily, by the Discovery Channel because I shoot a bunch of documentaries throughout the year because I learned a couple of skills along the way here and there. And now I shoot documentaries, but we use my dad is cool like he should actually be the the guy that you're talking to because honestly he invented this concept where we take out people well watching and shark age diving and we use that money in order to do conservation so there there's a saying that goes like your business as model should not be making money right it is not you use the money that your business makes in order to get to the goal where we're going to. And that is kind of what we do. So we have the best whale watching and shark age diving operation in the world. And I can gladly say that because I've been everywhere. And so we use the money that we generate from the people walking through our doors in order to run this conservation business and it mm. is absolutely amazing heartbreaking at times for sure very very it's it's not cool when you have to like not intervene if that makes sense
0: okay like for example intervening in like a that life danger
1: for an animal you mean intervening in the sense of like So the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons that I have learned in this industry is sometimes we as humans, we try to save too much, right? Mm. So we will save something at the detriment of itself. So if I can use an example, every year we've got, 12,000 baby seals that get born at the island that we operate from and one year, it was probably 2015, 2016 uh, one of these little seals was drowning and I saved it I took it out of the water and I saved it and that entire night I gave it mouth to mouth and I resuscitated it over and over and over and then at the end, the next day, it's still, this is bleak. I'm sorry. Um, this is bleak. But at the end of the day, it still died. Mm. And that was a big lesson as a nature conservationist that I learned where I'm like, dude, sometimes we intervene too much. Mm. If I just let nature run its course and I didn't feel like Superman and save this little seal, it would have passed its way 12 hours earlier and everything would have been okay so yeah no I see what you mean mean, it's it's often you know what I mean like that is and that was a big lesson as a conservationist that I'm learning and that I have learned and I know you have a positive podcast but No, it's if I if I have a voice on this podcast, like that is something I would like to teach people. Like, um, honestly, there's a lot of time I get a call where somebody saved, for instance, a baby bird, Mm. but you didn't really save it. You sort of like killed it, and because its parents were right there, was hiding from you, and then people think we think we're helping when we're not. So now they take this baby bird and then they bring it to a sanctuary. And the only thing that we can do is take it back to where it was born in the first place.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I, you're right for sure. And all, all of this, have you, since you started with your dad, were you, did you do things by observing your dad and then doing it? Or did you also study at school for... um. To get you know, to get to know yeah about the animals
1: I studied marine biology, and I studied there's a lot of things that I studied, okay um after school, I studied marine biology, and then I decided to do after my first degree, I decided to do a lot of short courses, okay, So I did a course in commercial diving. A course in medic i became a medic and then i became a skipper and then i became proficient in a few things but while maintaining the current career that i'm doing so as i said it's not a career it's a lifestyle and it's a lot of fun man <laughs> yeah, yeah sort of so fun saving that. like who do you know laura that can say like i, I've saved I have to say like penguins like, like yes exactly exactly yesterday for the guys that's listening yesterday this podcast was supposed to happen yesterday but i called laura and i'm like dude we've got penguins and we, they <laughs> gotta go now like
0: Yes. So, yeah, and and nature comes first for sure. So, no, it's fantastic, and I think that's why I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people say, "Oh my God, I wanna, I wanna live like you, and I wanna, uh, I wanna have such a cool life."
1: of anything you're going to do is going to be very hard work if you're really passionate about it. But I think I I respect what you do, Laura, because. I think even the name of your podcast simulates that we want to tell people you don't have to work a nine to five. You're still going to work hard, but you don't have to work a nine to five, but you can do what you love, you know, don't you think? Yeah,
0: I think it's uh yeah, I think the greatest thing that could happen out of this podcast is when that people find their way and it could be even a 9 to 5 job as long as it's something that they can like they feel they fit and and if they feel that they mostly fit in nature you're
1: 100% you know, right. Like in a boat you could be <laughs> um, I excuse me very much but you could be I work way too much but i'm so happy doing the work that i do and that is like at the end of the day like you could be happy yeah what whatever it is that your passion is whether it is a 95 or where whether it is whatever you do make sure you're happy and i found that i'm happy saving animals from humans because <laughs> from humans. <laughs> from humans <laughs> are yeah. like, bro. There, there's True. a lot of things we could have gone into. I chose not to make this because I also had to say in this podcast, I chose not to make this negative, but a lot of the stuff that we do face on a day-to-day basis is stuff like overfishing, mm. you know, overfishing. Pollution stuff that is all caused by us, but I'm not going to focus on that because everybody focuses on that. Yeah, I chose to focus on the on the fact that we can change it because mm. there are cool people in the world that that do change it. I mean, what we're doing is Saudi Arabia, what we're doing in South Africa, what we're doing with Discovery Channel, what we're doing with BBC, what David Attenborough is doing. We're telling people, like, you're not just another drop in the bucket. Mm. So if you have that thinking, if you pick up a piece of plastic, one, just one, but you are 4 billion people, and then I'm not mentioning that there's 7 billion people in the world because we don't know how many there really is, but if four you Four billion people decide to pick up one piece of plastic, we've picked up 4 billion pieces of plastic. Mm-hmm. So it's that collective mindset.
0: Yeah, that, ha- that changes things.
1: Yes. Right? Within myself, I am making a difference on the short term, but not in the long term, but we can. Mm-hmm. And I think we will. I think we're going to, man. Do you not... Do you think that the world is shifting into a more positive era? I
0: think we'll we'll be forced to.
1: Eventually. Yeah, we're forcing ourselves to do yeah, so.
0: for sure. There's long uh, we're a long way <laughs> from uh, the ideal world, but uh, hey, we're uh, human, right? So
1: we are. So we're
0: part of the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy, but we are quite far. But we can do it. Dude, I'm a realist, but I'm also an optimist. And I think where the world is heading, I mean, this morning, I started my day by, like, releasing 25 penguins this morning. 25 penguins that were rehabilitated. So that is how I started my day. And then I went out looking for great white sharks, which we found. And then we found some Mako sharks and then, which were all not supposed to be in the area and it happened, but it happened because we've been fighting for it for the past 10 years. We've been, we've had our feet on the ground and making this happen. So whatever the the good movement is, I believe that it is working we are making a difference
0: and you you said like your business is like an, an eco tourism business do you uh, that you run with your dad yes yeah okay and and it consists of uh, what so you said
1: well we, watching shark cage diving we have a volunteer program we have a a penguin sanctuary we have an intern program but basically we only do that to fund the conservation and research that we do.
0: And the conservation and research is focused on which animals?
1: We have a few. So we focus on whales, sharks, dolphins, penguins, seabird. <laughs> we have a lot. We have okay. A
0: lot. Okay.
1: So for my for my father's company, we have about eight. Eight full-time employed marine biologists or with PhDs that work for us. Oh, beautiful. And we have a team that basically attacks. As I told you when we spoke privately, we flew to Saudi Arabia and now we're actively involved in determining decisions. That will set a precedent of how to operate in the Red Sea, Saudi Arabia, for the next 100 years. So even in South Africa, in South Africa, it's a bit more difficult with legislation. Yeah, <laughs> but more than in Saudi. <laughs> mm. The thing is, is, if you look at a place like Saudi, you look you're looking at... People listen to the law because the consequences could be quite dire' <laughs> in South Africa. You could go to sit in jail for a weekend, and I'm not being mean to anyone i'm not, I'm literally not trying to say anything bad, but so in saudi we we could make a difference, and we're going to make a difference to this to the whole Saudi Red Sea.
0: Mm, which is great, yeah, because they're, they're really investing a lot into the new uh, yes. the new chapter of their lives. You know, exactly, the post, the exactly, and yeah. we're
1: going to change it. Bru. We're going to make, we will change the world. The movement is happening and it is, I don't have to brag about it because you're a part of it, like your podcast is a part of it. Mm. If I look at the new generation of young people, which I'm a part of, I think. Anyway, we're not 14, but the whole generation of us is moving into a conservation-orientated state, if that could be a statement, if I could say that. Like, everybody cares now for some reason, and I think social media, podcasts, and a lot of that play... Is playing a big role like we are finally actually conserving the planet like we are not listening to governments we're not listening to global organizations we as a collective team have decided that no no we like the planet we want to save it and we will we will and that's the way I think that we're going. And it's uh, it's amazing to see. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. What would you suggest actually to people who would like to enter this beautiful world of nature conservation? Would you suggest, you know, like a course of studies? Would you suggest um, to get your hands on uh, right away? Or how do you...
1: Would you really like my honest opinion on yeah. this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The thing is, is every second person, everybody currently in the world that owns a camera in their own right says they're a photographer. Am I right? Like, mm. <laughs> like everybody that owns just they own a camera, dude, <laughs> dude, I, yo, they own an iPhone, dude. I'm a photographer. I'm this guy. All go, find something that you're passionate about. In my in my view, and for me, it was not saving sharks, which I ended up doing. It was literally I cared about the w- world and nature, and I went for it with everything in my being. So I got a degree, yes, but you don't need to. Mm. You don't even need a degree. I'm not saying don't get an education because I educate myself every day. What I would tell people is like, if anything, just find something you're passionate about and then do that. And it is so cliche, but it is so true. Hmm. It is so true. You could technically be doing something that doesn't make you happy. So if you find something that makes you happy and it ends up being dope, do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. The 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 difference is when, you know, in age, probably. I mean, I, I saw recently on um YouTube this guy who came up with a book. He made um, he had a job per week. So he had like a 50 plus jobs in a year,
1: and then he spoke about it. Yeah, yeah. in a in one year
0: one job a week just because he didn't know what to do there's only 364.25 days,
1: days in a year and yeah exactly <laughs> in that time okay yeah
0: wow. and I'm sure he was you know was younger than 30 because uh, that's that's your you know when you're young you think you know you can conquer the world and um, things are easy and there's less complications and you know
1: I still think I'm gonna conquer the world I'm still young but but you know I'm, excuse me for interrupting yeah, I'm no like, I'm but so uh, sorry
0: for sure no that that's true and also I must say also the south african way i mean i lived there for 3 years and it, it's fantastic like it, there's some some uh, cultures that are more prone to you know, to take risks and um, and so forth. But when you're getting into your, you know, 10 years into a job and then 15, and then you become, you know, and then you get 40 and then you want to change because you're not happy. I'm, a lot of people around me are like this. And they say, okay, what am I going to do? It's too late for me. Or And that's where we get stuck in our mind.
1: It's not too late. It's not too late. It'll never be too late. Because Laura, like, dude, the guy that... You know, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm. right? Mm. That dude was 65 when he made KFC. Like, it's not too late. It's, it's really never too late. Like, I'm not saying he's probably not still alive. No, I guess he's not. It's never too late. It's never too late to do what, what you think is best. And whatever that might be, whatever that might be, let's go. And you've got people like us, people like you doing the podcast, people like me, like, dude, if I get a phone call and somebody says, like, Dickie, I want to change my life, which I often do, Laura, because, I mean, like, once you get start getting up to the last Discovery Channel thing I did, has over 200 million views on YouTube right now. Two hundred million. Before the yes, yes, before the podcast, actually, because I wanted to mention this, I checked that now we're over two hundred million views. So I get a lot of messages on Incredible. a constant daily basis of people telling me I want to do this and I want to do that. But what I tell people is like, dude, I work really hard. Yes, so you can do this. You gotta put the work. Yeah your yacht I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and go fetch a penguin that no one even even knows exists and no one will know that it's there or not and then I walk 14 kilometers down a beach to go and get it like we can do what we want but Are you passionate about it? Yeah. And the reason I do that is it's not because it's my job. It's because I care about the penguin. So if you're down, if that is whatever it is, if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, be the best burger flipper that there is. Flip a burger twice, you know, (laughs) flip it. Flip it better than the next guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Dicky, it's so fun. You're very fun. (laughs) But the message for any you know forty five plus year old person that would like to change life, everything is possible. Do it. Thank you, Dicky. It was very, very entertaining and uh, and very you know from the heart, which I'm I'm very happy about. And I'm sure that um, we will get to talk again in the near future.
1: I hope we talk again and have an incredible evening, Laura.
0: So remember, be careful what you wish for. It might become true. Dickie didn't want to have a nine-to-five job and he ended up having a 24-7 job. (laughs) But he loves what he does. And that, he says, is what matters. More episodes to come. Stay tuned.